0: Hello, and welcome to the Real Happy Mom podcast, the weekly podcast for moms to get inspiration, encouragement, and practical tips for this journey called motherhood. My name is Tony Ann, and you are listening to episode number 83. June 22nd is a very significant date. No, it's not my birthday. It's the day that the doors of the Real Happy Mom Tribe will be open. The Real Happy Mom Tribe is an online community for busy working moms who want to get clear on their values and priorities, while setting up systems and routines to reduce the overwhelm and exhaustion in their life. Plus, I'm showing you how to use Trello, which is a project management tool to get your home and your life in order. The best part is there's monthly challenges that will help keep you motivated with real prices. How to shop in at Target or coffee from Starbucks on me sound. If you're ready to get your home life in tip top shape, join me in the Real Happy Mom tribe. Go to realhappymom.com tribe to get on the wait list. Hey there, I hope you are doing well. Let me tell you something. The biggest blessing that has come out of this pandemic is not having to take the PRT. And if you're not in the military and not familiar with PRT is, PRT is the physical readiness test that we have to take in the military twice a year. This test for the Navy includes push-ups, sit-ups, and a run. But for me, I like to take the option of the stationary bike for the cardio. And let me be honest with you, even though I'm in the Navy reserves, I don't like to exercise. Before the pandemic, I got out of control and gained some weight and then struggled with those sit-ups because I don't like to work out. And if you're like me and struggling with exercising on your regular basis, you've got to listen to this episode. My guest, Lynn, is the author of the sixth award-winning book, Couch to Active, the missing link that takes you from sedentary to active. She's also the host of Couch to Active podcast, a blogger, speaker, coach, fitness influencer, certified personal trainer, certified Pilates instructor, and a certified group fitness instructor. In this episode, she shared some of the barriers that we have to exercise and fitness and how we can break through stereotypes of who does what type of exercise. Because let's be honest, you should do whatever exercise you love doing, even if it is not what people think that your age, gender or race typically does. Lynn also helps tackle some of the body image and body positivity issues that may be preventing us from exercising. She shares some of the secrets about the fitness and bodybuilding influences that we have seen on social media that will have your mouth on the floor. Then she challenges with questions to ask herself so that we can stay motivated and committed to exercising. Now if you are ready to listen to this episode, make sure you stay tuned. But before we jump into this week's episode, it is time for our mommy win. This is when we celebrate with a mom on a win that she's had this week. It could be anything big or small, so let's check out this week's Mommy Win.
1: Hi, my name is Tiffany and I'm on Instagram as Tiffany underscore spire. I blog about family travel and educational activities at sparkandpook.com. My mom win relates to my eight-year-old daughter, Pookie as we call her, finally recognizing the effect sugar has on her. The other evening, we were arguing because she wanted to eat a whole jumbo-sized cookie right before bed, but I would only let her have half because I know if she has too much sugar before bed, she gets really wired and then crashes hard and becomes really emotional, and it's difficult for her to calm down and fall asleep, so I wouldn't give in. But the next day when I Offered her the other half of the cookie. She said, Thank you for not letting me have the whole thing yesterday. I could actually feel in my body like I had too much sugar. I couldn't believe the words coming out of her mouth, but I'm calling that a win.
0: Tiffany, I must say that is a big win. I can't wait for the day that my kids say something like that. Now, if you are listening and you would like to be featured on the Real Happy Mom podcast, all you have to do is go over to Instagram and follow me at Real Happy Mom. Then you want to go into the DMs and press and hold that microphone on the lower right hand side and tell me your name, your IG handle, what you do, and how you are winning. Simple as that. It can be anything big or small. I just want to celebrate with you. Now that we have that out of the way, it is time to jump into this week's episode.
2: All right, Lynn, welcome to the podcast. I am happy to have you on today. Oh my gosh, Tony-Ann, it's such a pleasure to meet with you and be able to chit-chat a little before before the official interview. So oh thank yes, you. <laughs> yes. And Lynn,
0: I am really inspired by your story and I just want you to just tell us your story about how you did the Couch to Active and how that all came about.
2: Great, great. So I'm Lynn Lindbergh. I'm the founder and creator of Couch to Active and it originally came out of like most uh, new business stories, right? came out of frustration and feeling like something wasn't right. And I uh, am a mother of two kids, and i'm on I'm on the other end of the spectrum of a lot of your listeners minor minor high school and beyond. so um, i'm I'm at the light at the end of the tunnel, you could say. Um, <laughs> and when I, yeah, when my kids were little, uh, I was a single mom working in a corporate office um, in a senior manager role uh, for 10 years. So I was just so frustrated by my own natural ability to be a really awesome couch potato. Um, yeah, I was a high performer at work. I did my best to be an awesome mom. I did my best to do anything and everything for everybody else. And I wanted to exercise and I try to cram it in, but it was Always this thing of frustration, and um, even at work it was frustrating because, uh, you know, sometimes if I would sneak away at lunch for uh, a exercise or a walk, I was the weirdo who was exercising, and I was like, "This is not right. This is not right." So I started researching and studying, and and I found myself getting really, really frustrated at fitness marketing, and what I call fitness industry brainwashing. Uh, And because they would all say, you know, if it's important, just do it. Um, And I was like, "Uh, I'm already just doing 12,000 things a day. Um, And they would leave me feeling like something was wrong with me, and I needed to pursue a bikini body. And if it was really important to me, I would get up an hour earlier, right? We've all heard that one. And I was like, I am already a sleep deprived mom waking up too early. Like I I, I can't, I can't sacrifice another hour of sleep. That's already. So it left this spot in my brain. I couldn't let go of, of I got to figure out a better way because this is just wrong. This is not right. And if I fast forward a bunch of years, I had this aha. And I was like, oh my gosh couched active. This, this is it. It's not, it's not like, here's your fitness program to cram yourself into. It's, we got to figure out how to adjust our lives. So fitness and exercise is something we actually enjoy. And, and we need to bust out of what marketing is telling us fitness should be and define it ourselves and figure out what makes us happy and what we like. And so I got the business license, I got the website going, I got the Facebook page, this was three years ago, I didn't, it took me a while to get Instagram page up, and um, three weeks after I got all that set up secretly without telling my boss and my manager, so um, Amy, if you're listening, um, my apologies, Uh, I did this all on weekends and evenings, Um, (laughs) (laughs) most of it, most of it. (laughs) Uh, three weeks after that, our entire department was let go. We were all laid off. And it was it was interesting because I, I hate to admit this, but deep down, I know I would never have had the guts to actually quit my job because I needed the income. But it was like the universe saying, okay, Lynn, this is what you're going to do now. And that was three a little over three years ago. And now I've got an award-winning book and a podcast and I help people conquer their inner couch potato. So that's it in a nutshell. Yeah, that is so awesome. I didn't know about
0: you losing your job. That is oh, really yeah. yeah, that's yeah, I'm pushing you out of the plane to go like skydiving. Like, yeah, you had to do it. It was no turning back on that one.
2: Yes. Yes. It's exactly. And I and I learned too that when you start your own business after getting laid off, you actually are not eligible for unemployment uh, benefits. Yeah. So that was, that was interesting too, but that, that would be for a business podcast. We could talk yeah, about that.
0: We can definitely <laughs> dive into that next time. <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: Now, Lynn, um, before we got on, you had mentioned that there are some barriers that are here to stay when it comes to getting, and staying active. So how yes. can we overcome these barriers?
2: Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, one of the most uh, really powerful pieces of going through Couch, what I call the Couch Active program or the book, is we we do a lot of pre work, and then we get to the section called Breaking Barriers, and and what we do is you take a um, piece of paper or whatever you like to type on or anything. And you write down for yourself what is every single biz, every single um, barrier you have to exercise and fitness. So, and, and everything's on the table, right? It could be, I have kids. I have a chronic illness. I personally, I have fibromyalgia. I'm missing 30% of my lung function. Um, I have a, a collagenous colitis, which don't Google that, it's disgusting. And... <laughs> and just, uh, the job, you know, I wasn't going to quit my job. Um, and all kinds of barriers to little barriers. Like, uh, I went to the gym and I brought this true story. I brought two right shoes. I didn't have a left shoe. So, you know, like I made it all the way to the gym and I have two right tennis shoes in my bag. Like, so like I list all those barriers and take a few days to do it. And then I have folks go through and look at that list again and put a number one through four on all of them. So a number one is something that's really easy to fix. You, you can control it. You have the ability to fix it today. So, like the the case of the two right tennis shoes, right? That's easy to fix. The case of I have two kids. Like that's not even something to fix. It's not even a problem, but it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. So that would be a number four, right? We're not we're not going to get rid of our kids so we can exercise. Maybe we want to some days, but we're not going to. Um, and then anything that is not a one or four, mark it a two or three. But don't worry too much about is it two or three? You know, just don't worry too much about that. All right. Step number three is then we go through and we look at all of the barriers to exercise that we listed as number one and we pick just one of them and we break that barrier today. So maybe it's, I just really like to watch my Netflix series and I say I'm going to exercise while I watch TV, but I forget. So, okay, maybe that one, I put a note on my, where I normally sit to watch Netflix and I pull a yoga mat out somewhere where I'll trip over it. And that'll remind me, oh yeah, I'm going to exercise while I watch Netflix. Um, Which is a true story for me. I actually do a lot of my exercise in front of the television, um, which totally blows away stereotypes for a fitness professional. (laughs) Um, And then you take a number four barrier that's the Like, um, maybe it's I have for me, I have fibromyalgia, so I never know from day to day when my body is gonna ache and be feel like I have a fever and feel horrible all day long, or when my body is going to feel great. I never know from day to day. There's a lot of things I can influence and control, but um, and I would work through those, but just the fact that that's there is a number four. And so that I need to start the work at having compassion and making peace with owning my reality. Because one of the mistakes we do is, one of the mistakes I do is I fight mentally. I would put a lot of mental energy and fight against things that really are here to stay and there really isn't anything i'm going to be able to do about it so me being angry and fighting it is doing nothing but draining my energy so if i can realize oh yeah i've got that fibromyalgia and it it and it's okay it means i'm not going to be able to exercise as much as i want always or on demand but that's my reality so i'm going to choose to be at peace with that or I just had a big major surgery, it's my fourth major surgery, or I just had a really hard delivery and my baby hasn't slept for two years straight, you know, Um, those things, if we just realize it's okay and we give ourselves compassion, that'll actually help us mentally and help us be able to have more, save more energy for worrying about other things that maybe we can control. So we go deep really fast. Yeah, I like that. And while
0: you are talking, Lynn, I was trying to go through some of my barriers. And one of mine is yeah. it's, it's just not fun. Like, I don't think oh. it's fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you've heard that one
2: before. Oh, it's our tagline. Exercise should <laughs> not be dreadful, but getting off the couch is the hardest thing of all. And so can I address that? Oh, it's please. Not- fun? Please okay. do. Uh, first of all, you'll never hear me say, like just do it. I'm kind of an anti just do it person because I feel like we're, we have so much in our lives. We already need grit and self-discipline for, and I'm a huge believer that we need to live and love our lives as much as possible. And if I, some people love the gym, but if I don't like going to the gym, I am not going to spend an hour a day every day doing something I hate. Like, no. That is not the life I want to live. I would, I would seriously rather die young. You know, I mean, that's really a lot of us <laughs> would. I mean, really, right? So we talk about a lot about how um, again that fit, I talk a lot about fitness marketing, fitness industry brainwashing of how exercises you have to get in spandex and you have to go hard and you have to work hard and you have to pursue a sweaty six pack ab and a bikini body. Look at me. And then you got to take selfies and put them on Instagram. And, and, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. So we, we work on letting all of that go. And I talk a lot about how that's just uh, BS. I hope that's okay to say on your podcast. okay, (laughs) (laughs) And, um, And then, then I really challenge people to break through their stereotypes of who does what kind of exercise. So for example, and I just call it out. I'm like, if you are not, if you think aqua aerobics might be fun and you're not an old white fat sick lady, you can still try aqua aerobics. It's okay, you know. I mean, <laughs> and if you think yoga might be great, but you are a four hundred pound man, you can still go in with all the skinny girls and give yoga a try. Like, just really breaking people out to just realize, oh my gosh, we have so much more freedom than we thought. And um, one of the one of the fun examples was there is a woman who is uh, actually in her fifties and. She was, uh, back then we called it a, what is it, a bookworm or a nerd. Back then we called them, you know, you had your jocks who exercised and then your other people who didn't back then. That was kind of the thing. And she was of the, I am not an exerciser mindset. And then when she hit her fifties, she started listening to Couch to Active and the stereotypes. And she emailed me and she said, Lynn, guess What? I was listening to your thing on stereotypes. I have a treadmill that's been dusty forever. And it's in my basement with no windows. And I go down every morning and I read my novel while I walk two miles on the treadmill. And I was like, congratulations. That sounds horrible. (laughs) And she, (laughs) she was like, no, I love it. And she's like, for me to break out of it and say i don't have to be a jock or an athlete and i don't have to be outside and i can i can literally be in my pajamas or whatever i'm wearing and and i can be in a dark room with no windows and if i like it i can own it that kind of thing for folks to just realize like it could be anything so that's just really where we start is figuring out what kind of movement do you like And start trying things and and reminding yourself the body needs to move to stay healthy. So at its core, your body will like exercise, but it may not like what the fitness industry has been feeding you is quote unquote exercise. So that's where we go with that. Nice, nice, and I love how you say the fitness
0: industry brainwashing because I feel like I'm a part of that group have, that has been brainwashed. <laughs> because, oh, we all are, yeah. Because I know, I think part of my frustration is is I feel like I can't get my body back, quote unquote. You know, yep. after having kids, and yep. you know they make it look so easy, and it's like, oh, just do this, this, and this, and you'll be right back. And I'm like, but it's not going back. <laughs> no. So I love not. that you're
2: saying this and giving me some grace so i don't feel so bad anymore well and not only that one of the things around the the whole body image piece that really that helped me uh, because i i love the fact that body positivity is becoming more and more fashionable and and i hope that it's eventually where men will be able to get there too because i think with social media we're seeing men having body image issues also now that we weren't seeing before um, but one of the things that really helped me was, uh, I taught at pro sports club in Seattle, Washington, which is one of the premier, uh, most high end sports clubs in the nation. And we actually had like Olympians that trained there and, um, you know, folks who actually won marathons and stuff. And so in group fitness, sometimes they'd be in my classes and, um, and ultra cyclists would be in my spin classes and i I saw that, and then I also am connected with a group of about two hundred women fitness influencers on mostly Instagram, and they have a convention, and we get together and spend a week together. so all of this to be said, including like uh bodybuilders who are like on podiums, you know the 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 little tiny bikinis with the ten inch heels and the you know spray tan and oil and all that right you know i saw firsthand in a really big way that not a single one of them, none of them look like their photos on Instagram. Oh, not wow. even close. None of them. In fact, the first time I went to this convention of fitness influencers, I, I went and I looked at all their social media profiles and everything. And and then I met them all in person, and I was—I literally, my jaw dropped. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, who are? I was literally pulling up profiles and looking at people and looking at their profile, and I was like, "That's you." And it's—it's it's two reasons. One, yes, there's a lot of filtering, and you get the perfect angle, blah blah blah. We know that. The other thing a lot of folks don't realize is in the fitness um, industry, when you're training for a photo shoot you actually spend about 10 months training your body and then eating. And it's like radical, like your whole life is this. And then the last three months, you watch every single bite of food that goes in your mouth. And then the last week, you, no joke, start dehydrating yourself. And the last couple of days, you really dehydrate yourself and you practically starve yourself And then you get the spray tan, and then you get the oil, and then you get the makeup to make all the definition come out just perfectly. And then you get on a stage, and then they put the lights on you so you look just perfect. And then you go home and you eat like crazy for another week or two because you just don't feel good and you're dehydrated. And like, so it's not real. So that actually really helped me when people, you know, do all these before and after photos and everything. It's like, most of it's just a most of it's just not real. And yeah. m- most of them aren't really happy behind those photos. Most of them. Yeah, it's unfortunate that we we put ourselves to this what feels like an inescapable standard. Yeah, I yeah. did not
0: know that about those pictures. Now I feel so much better about myself.
2: <laughs> Yay. <laughs> well, and, and so my my take on all of it is one body image. And disordered eating and eating disorders are, those are huge topics Mm -hmm. where I really like folks. They're hard, hard topics in a nutshell in couch to active. The one thing I teach is, um, is to have people commit, have listeners, Mm -hmm. your listeners listening right now, commit to, to realizing that you actually have the power and the control to even to commit to even if you are feeling like you're having a fat week or a fat decade or, you know, and, and, and even though you know you're like, oh, I shouldn't worry about it. I'm good. I'm fine. You know, I mean, we know it's complicated, right? To never, here's the thing, never let a body image issue hold you back from doing what you love. And so like when I hit my 40s, Um, and some health issues, I put on some weight. And it was hard for me to like not freak out, right? Because we're so programmed. But I forced myself. I'm like, nope, I am not gonna hide. No matter what, I'm going to do what I love. And I'm not gonna hide. I'm not gonna let my body or a body image issue hold me back from doing what I love. And um that served me really well, but it's mm-hmm. hard stuff. I know we, we go deep. I try to be funny. I try to tell jokes, but man, this is deep stuff. Yes, it is.
0: And when we really get to the root of things, there, there are some really deep issues that we do have to address. And, and that's one thing that I did want you to touch on was about our mindset. So, um, I know that mindset plays a huge role, especially when we're trying to go from couch to active. Yep. So, I just wanted to go through what are some of the questions that we have to ask ourselves to get motivated and stay consistent with exercise?
2: Ooh, yeah, yeah, lots of questions. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is uh, when we go through the whole breaking barriers list. Uh, one of the questions that comes out is, okay, what if I have so many number four barriers that exercise right now just really isn't going to happen? Then the one of the questions you ask yourself is, am I going to make peace with this? Or is if it's truly something that I can't make peace with, do I... Do I actually need a radical change? So, like for me, being a single working mom with a long commute, demanding clients who wanted me to travel 30, 50% of the time, I realized I needed a radical change that this was this wasn't sustainable. And I there the corporate corporations um, are just not there yet in supporting uh, health and fitness. And um, and so I, it took me about four years, but I committed to making that radical change and working myself out of a, a space where my job really was a huge um, barrier and making it uh, impossible. Um, and then the uh, other times, maybe folks have um, a big naysayer in their life and somebody who just really uh, puts them down or um, when you start talking about your goals, they're like, ah, you've done that 30 times, you know, you're not going to blah, 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 why even try, you know, you only worked out 10 minutes, that's not worth it, you know. And I think that's another question to ask yourself is, is who are the people in your life and do you have people who share this goal with you? Cause, cause that's critical. That's like one of the biggest pieces is if it's, If there is nobody that shares the school with you and is actively pursuing it, um, it makes it really hard. And right now, 80% of adults in the United States, 80% of us, do not get the minimum exercise needed um, that's recommended by the Centers of Disease Control, 80% of us. So chances are most people listening probably don't have someone in their life right now and they need to start figuring out how to find that it's a process. No, those are some really
0: good questions because I was actually thinking about that when you were saying, you know, the naysayers, but what about the the naysayer in your mind? Like that negative voice in your mind.
2: (gasps) I want you to help me tackle (sighs) that one. (laughs) That's a hard one. Yes. That's (laughs) that's the that's the worst one. You know, when it comes to I think the 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 negative self talk, it is something that uh, we really. Um, God, I want to pull up the book and find. I think I have a whole I have a um, a whole little section on self talk there. Okay. Uh, but essentially, yeah, that is a really real one, and that one. I mean, that almost goes into the like. You know, find a therapist and a couch, and I've spent lots of time in therapy myself, and I'm really open about that um, because if if you've got that negative self talk for you know one area, it's probably in lots of others. For me, with self talk, I think it's been uh, a long a long process of identifying it and even recognizing it's there and listening to it. And then trying to not give it so much power to be like, oh, oh, there you are. There you are, negative self-talk. That's not me. You're over there and, and it's going to be okay. And one of, the, one of the books, oh my gosh, one of the best books ever that I've read is uh, called The Untethered Spirit, Untethered Soul, The Untethered Soul. And it talks about your self-talk and if you take a few days and pretend that that negative self-talk is actually a roommate in your house with you and just, you know, listen to all the things it says and pretend it's sitting on a couch next to you and saying all those things to you, you'd you'd probably look at that roommate of yours and say, what a jerk, you know, <laughs> I, can't, I can't stand to live with you. <laughs> um, that helped me, and then a second piece was, what if when I hear the negative self-talk for myself, ask myself, would I say that to my friend? It's like no way. Most of the things I say to myself, I would never say to a friend. And and if I heard my friends saying it to themselves, I'd say, knock it off, honey. You're way more beautiful than you realize you are. You're so much more awesome. You're so much more powerful. You're, and being i'm uh, getting i'm in my late 40s and if most of your friends or uh, listeners are younger um i look at myself and photos of me in my 30s and i'm like dang i look good why didn't i know it <laughs> <laughs> what was wrong with me just 5 more pounds like what was wrong with me yeah, so that's a, that's a really complicated one. I just danced all around. Hopefully there's a nugget in there. Yeah, no, I got I got a couple of good ones out of
0: that. So yeah, no, that was really, really good. Now, Lynn, you've given us quite a bit of goodies here. And the big thing that I'm taking away right now is breaking down those barriers and mindset. Those are mm-hmm. my two takeaways right now. But I'm wondering if there's anything else that we didn't really get to touch on that you just wanted to... Um, talk about before we um, close out this episode,
2: at the very, very beginning of all of this, I have folks memorize this phrase, and it's kind of silly, it's kind of dorky, but it's it's pretty powerful and and every one of my clients like literally they have to memorize this. and here we go. My body needs exercise. My body will always need exercise. This is not negotiable. It will never change. It's science. And we memorize that, my body needs exercise. My body will always need exercise. Not negotiable, it will never change, it's science. And that helps us get out of this whole mindset of exercise as a luxury or exercise as something we do when we have time and to realize no, it's a basic need we have. And we are absolutely empowered to do this for ourselves.
0: I like that. And I'm going to definitely memorize that one. I got it written down now. (laughs) (laughs) So Lynn, if we want to connect with you, learn more about you and definitely get our hands on your
2: book, where can we find you online? Ah, It's all couch to active. I'm so lucky. Got all the domains. So. It's all the social tags, but I would just go to Google and Google couch T O active. The first free resource is we have a couch to active app. So go to your app store, iTunes or, uh, Android doesn't matter. Search couch T O active. You'll see it right there. Download it. And it really is a free app. It's not one of those free with purchases, you know, um, and that'll help get you going. And then the book is uh, anywhere online. Um, Books are are sold.
0: That is awesome. And I will make sure to include all that in the show notes. So Lynn, thank you. Thank you. This was really awesome. And you really helped uncover a lot for me. So thank you.
2: Oh, Tony-Ann, it's such a pleasure to meet you. I feel like I made a new friend.
0: Yes, definitely. Thanks. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you
2: for tuning in to another
0: episode of the Real Happy Mom podcast. To find the links mentioned in this episode, as well as the show notes, head over to realhappymom.com slash 83. And if you love this episode and you love the Real Happy Mom podcast, and I sure hope you do, please leave me a five-star rating so that we can continue to bring you the best topics and guests. It takes just a few minutes, and I'll be forever grateful. All right, now I will be back again next week for another episode. And next week, I'm going to be talking to you about how to get your baby to sleep through the night. I'll talk to you then. Take care with lots of love.